0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, Chebra, it's great to see you. Let's begin. It's Thursday night, Parshas Vayera, Leil Parshas Vayera. And uh, we're going to start with the Gemara and Brachos on Davav. The Gemara and Brachos on Davav, I'm Ravashi Rav says... That uh, the Gemara says, tells us based on a pasuk pasuk says That Hakadosh Baruch who comes to listen two people who are Yiri the talking and learning the talking in Torah and, and in Yoramavavados Hashem. So Hashem, it says, it says in the Paz, Hashem comes and listens. He listens to those people who fear God when we think about his name. So Ravashi picks up on this line, that even if someone thinks about doing a mitzvah, plans to do a mitzvah, plans to do something positive, a positive commandment, some type of mitzvah, chesed, and something happens, it's an ones, and he's unable to perform the mitzvah. He's on the way to Minyan and his car breaks down. He's uh, on the way to uh, put on tefillin and it turns out the person who we thought was supposed to bring tefillin didn't bring the tefillin. But Nanas, he's unable to do the mitzvah because of some type of ones. And it's really above and beyond his control. So the Pasek says, I mean, the, the, the Mimer says, Malo, all of our Kilo it's as if, the Torah considers it as if he actually did the mitzvah. It's interesting. One of my early memories is going to a mall uh, that was on Flatbush Avenue it was called the Kings Highway i don't know if anybody remembers or is familiar with the mall kings highway it was like on avenue s avenue too. it was always an adventure to go with our family you know it was probably like four stores you know with on one floor you know that's that's i remember it being very very big we went there as a child and uh, recently i actually took uh, my uh, our daughter and her friend to, uh, to, um, to 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 the american dream can imagine the American dream is probably a hundred times b- bigger than this mall. But either way, I remember going to this mall, and I remember at one point hearing that there was a place that they were selling fill in the mall, and people were buying tefillin from this uh, kiosk. So, so I, I, again, I don't know if this is was true. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if this is true or not. But I remember hearing that uh, years later they had opened up one person who had bought tefillin from this uh, kiosk in the mall, opened up his head of tefillin shack, and it turns out it was Kleenex. There were no partials in the tefillin. He was he was wearing tissue paper on his head and his arm for the last few years, and he was obviously very upset, and uh, he went to get himself a normal pair of tefillin. But this happens more often, unfortunately, than we would think, where a person buys tefillin, and it turns out, maybe not on purpose, but he was wearing postul tefillin. He might have been wearing postul tefillin for many, many years. So... Uh, the Shiloh comes up by many of the posthum that says Eliezer has asked this question. Many of the posthum were asked the question, not sure what the Nafkamina is, but they were asked the question, does it mean that if someone was wearing puzzle tefillin or if someone was wearing tissue paper on his head, he thought that he was wearing tefillin. It's, it's really, it's not his fault. I mean, if you're buying tefillin in the kiosk in King's Highway, maybe it is your fault. But if you go to a reputable sofa, and it turns out that beyond anything that you would have known, the tefillin are puzzle, So does that mean that you were not Yoytze the Mitzvah? So, the Pashto says, Yeah, you weren't yoich to the mitzvah. If you don't put on filling, you're not yoich to the mitzvah. And if you put on filling that apostle, you're also not yoich to the mitzvah. So, some of the posts want wanted to say, including the Titz Eliezer, that if a person had the proper intentions, so the, the, the Medved says, the Maimer says, Ravashi says, Khashav Lasos mitzvah. person considers, wants, contemplates, thinks about doing a mitzvah. And in this case, he actually did the mitzvah, but it, was, it turned out that it was a mistake. Uh, and he was not wearing posel. He was not wearing kosher tfilin. So he ended up not doing the mitzvah. The posik ravashi teaches us based on the posel, that it's really as if you were wearing tfilin. Ah, he was only wearing Kleenex. All he had was tissue paper on his head. It's true. He had tissue paper on his head, but he thought it was tfilin. And uh, he did his best. And certainly if he was wearing tfilin that were posel, but he did what he was supposed to do and he had them checked and they were supposed to be checked and somehow it slipped through. So the pasuk, uh, based on the pasuk, it could be that he was actually of the mitzvah all that time. Now the funny thing is, we can actually phrase this Shiloh, or this question in the opposite direction as well. Let's say a person um, has no intention whatsoever—the exact opposite. I have no, no person has no intention whatsoever, God forbid, of doing an Aveira. Th- that was not part of his intention at all. And unbeknownst to him, unbeknownst to her, he didn't have avera. He didn't, have, he didn't know. I, I didn't know it was an avera. And I didn't have avera. What, what could poss- What could be the case? Be very simple. Your friend tells you he knows of this fantastic restaurant, the great Ashgacham. You trust your friend. He's a tamachacham. You're a Ben bentora. And he was mistaken completely. And you go to the restaurant. You sit down. You have a whole meal. Turns out there was a non-kosher restaurant. How he made the mistake? I'm not sure. It was not you, you trusted him because. You, He's someone that you typically can trust. And it was a big toast. And you ate treif. Now, this can happen. As a matter of fact, if you remember a number of years ago, this happened in Muncie. It was a reputable, apparently a reputable Hashgaha uh, that was selling treif and meat. And there was a big scandal in uh, in, in, our, in, in our neighbor uh, neighboring town. And people were wondering, were they in violation of uh, of the Isra of eating treif? So, typically speaking, we usually say that onus rachmon is patre. It was an onus. There was a hashgacha. What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to go into the back and watch him shech. Presumably, you can rely on a hashgacha. We have a column that allows us to rely on a hashgacha. And you didn't rely on it. Okay, so you're patre. You, it's as if you, so you did. It's The Torah considers it like you didn't violate the Avera. So it works in both directions. It's funny. We can be in a situation where you think you're doing a mitzvah, but you're not. Or you'd like to do a mitzvah, which you were not able to do. So you think you're doing a mitzvah, you're really not doing the mitzvah, the Torah says, we consider it as if you did the mitzvah. And in the flip case, you had no intention of doing an Avera, but you did the Avera, and the Torah says, you didn't do it, we consider it as if you didn't do the Avera. You never did the mitzvah, the Torah says you did it. You weren't planning on doing the Avera, but you did it, and the Torah says you didn't do it. It's an amazing thing that the intention, that the machshava of a person plays such a tremendous role. Chosh of mitzvah, venanas, v'lo You weren't, you were planning to do the mitzvah and you didn't end up doing it. The Torah says it's as if you did it. And I would have never thought in a million years to do the Avera, but I did it. The Torah says, we consider it as if you didn't do it. The power of machshava. the power of machshava. I might have mentioned at one point that I think it was my first week. It was that my wife and I had just moved into the neighborhood. This was in 2002. So it's almost 20 years ago. We just moved into the neighborhood. I, I come, We come, we, we, lived, we lived in Queens for a few years. Before that, I grew up in Bar Park. So in Bar Park, there's an old minog that I had with my father, Oliver Shalom. We would go to minion at 8 o'clock in the morning. When I wouldn't go with my father, I would go at 9 o'clock. 9.30 in the morning, I'd catch a bub of a minion on... On Friday morning, because in Waiyut, we didn't have yeshiva on Friday. So I'd catch a late minion. And then after minion, I'd walk up one block to a uh, to a store, and uh, we have the best breakfast in the world. My father would always treat me to breakfast. We'd come out, and we'd have eggs together. And there were these two guys over there that made the scrambled eggs like no one can make it. The best in the world, I'm telling you. Maybe we should take a class trip, but that's for a different time. But it's amazing, amazing food. <clears throat> So uh, I moved into Teaneck. I figured it, they must have a place like that around here. They must have a place like that around here. So I didn't even ask anyone. I figured if you go to, C- at the time, there was nothing on West Angle. Everything was on Cedar Lane. I drove up to Cedar Lane. I see Bischoff's. Bischoff's looks like a very kosher restaurant. I don't know if you've ever passed by Bischoff's. It looks as kosher as could it's like a really standard old style kosher restaurant. I, I just assumed Neck is a kosher town. It's a religious town. Why would there be a, a non-kosher store? So I, I park my car, right? The new rabbi moves into the neighborhood. I park my car. I walk right into Bischoff's and I sit down and I'm, I'm ready to have, I'm ready to order, you know, you know two eggs on a, on a roll. And uh, I look at the menu and I'm, it's this bacon. I'm like, wow, kosher bacon. This is so amazing. And, uh, you know, I'm a little bit soflagging. I look around and I notice in Borough Park, when I walked into the store, there were at least 15 Hasidim around me. So I knew I was in a decent place. I didn't see one chassid in bishops. I was very concerned. I, and I didn't see one yarmulke in bishops. I was so, so, so I looked around, and then I realized maybe the bacon is not kosher bacon. You know, you never want to walk into a restaurant and walk out. It's not nice. But I I, I had no choice, so I walked out of the restaurant. I was looking for the tu'uda, and there was nothing there. That was the last time I walked into bishops. And I, uh, I recommend none of you walk in until we get a hashgacha there. But that being said, it's certainly possible someone can make an honest mistake and they eat something that's not kosher, despite the fact that he had no plan to do that. And the Torah says, onus If it was an onus, it's like he didn't eat it. Now, I'm not sure if my case would have been an onus. It might have been smarter to ask someone first. But whatever that case is, you go into a place and it turns out they were selling tray for meat. The Torah says, you're not responsible. Onus so just again, just to, just to repeat again, we have a case where you didn't do a mitzvah, and the Torah considers it as if you did it. We have a case where you did the Avera, and the Torah considers it as if you didn't do it. Why? Because of the machshava. The, the idea of machshava in our religion, in Torah, in, in kiyama mitzvahs, is fundamentally important. Fundamentally important. Now, the truth is we probably want to ask ourselves when we look at this gemara, what does it mean Ki'ilu? You know, Let's look at the, look, again this is Rabashi's statement Malo asa the Torah considers it as if he did it so ke'ilu as if what is the word as if kiilu it's like it's it's like it's it's like it's like what is does the word it's like mean literally do we take that literally or not So, if you look in the beginning of Eben Ezer, the very first, I think it's the first Chachim Shlavo Eben the, uh We have Hilchus Puruvu. Hilkas Puruvu. The halacha is, ideally, a person's supposed to get married and have two children at least. It's better to have more. It's, ideally, you can have more children. There's a special mitzvah of Lo Torah, Barol But the minimum, being the mitzvah of Puravu is two children, if, if you can. One boy and one girl, if you can. Right? If it's possible. Let's say a person uh, can't have children, a couple can't have children. So what do you do? So the Gemara tells us in Megillah that kol ha-magadol kilu yolda. This is known from Mordechai because Mordechai brought up Esther in his home. And the Torah calls her a boss, calls her his daughter. And the chazal darshan, that it's not just a boss, it's a bias. He was also married to the niece. So what does it mean, kielu yoda? Kilu Yoda if someone brings up a yosem v'yosoma, bebe so, ki'ilu yod, as if they gave birth, as if they fathered that birth, as if they mothered those children. So the machlokas, the choch mashallah brings that from the prisha and the taz, about whether we take that literally, is a person, made kayim the mitzvah of Pruhuvu, they adopt a boy and a girl, I just adopt the boy and the girl, I'm a kayim kind of the mitzvah. So whether we have precedent to discuss this Shila, To what extent is it really, really, ki'ilu Yoldo? Is it really ke'ilu yolda? To what extent would you say that it's as if you did it? They asked the post, can you imagine a situation, a person, uh, they say a story about the satmarov. I'm going to say over a very important Torah at the end of the shir from the satmarov. You said, they say from the satmarov. I heard that someone came and uh, it was a poor person, apparently, and they were asked, this, they asked the, the Rebbe for money. The Rebbe took out some money and the person was saying he really needs more. Is in a very tough situation. It's very difficult. He takes out a few hundred dollars and he gives it to the, to the, to the, to the person. After the person leaves, the Gabai comes in and he says to the Rebbe, I hope you didn't give the person a lot of money. Everybody knows that he's, uh, he's, he's a faker. He has plenty of money. And for some reason, he likes doing these things. So the Rebbe's reaction was, oh, Baruch Hashem, he's not poor. <laughs> Most of us would be thinking, oh, my gosh, I wasted I wasted 250 dollars $300. The Rebbe's only thing, oh, Baruch Hashem, he's not poor, he's not poor. What happens if a person gives staka to someone, he thought it was an nani. he's not an nani. the person's doing very well, actually, person's doing very, and for some reason, he, he likes making extra money on Sunday, but the, during the week, he's a computer programmer, making a, a few hundred thousand dollars a year, but it's an extra business, and you find out that he's, uh, that he's not poor, so with Yimichayim, the mitzvah, stalker, would you say that you make time kind of the mitzvah staka? Listen, you want to give, you want to calculate. A person has a minug, it's a minug, but a person has a beautiful minug to give ma'aser. So he gives ten percent, ten but eight percent went to people who aren't even poor. That's all right. That's okay because that's part of my mitzvah staka. Why? Because I planned to do the mitzvah. Was an honest? I didn't know. How was I supposed to know? Malololakozemitz if you gave the money. So the post can say there was a Rav Rav Levitan, uh, Rav Matcha Levitan, who lived in Aleppo in Syria. It was a makubal from a family of makubalim. And we have his drashas called Drashas ben Yair. And uh, in his drashas he writes that it's an important distinction to make when it comes to this halacha between ben Odom LaMakom ben Odom l'chavera. When it comes to ben Odom LaMakom, we can say a person planned and wanted and did everything he could to go to davening. And he wasn't able to go for whatever reason. He was sick. He wasn't well. He didn't have a ride. His car broke down. So it's as, if, uh, it's as if you went. It's like you gave birth to the babies and it's like you went to do the mitzvah. It's like you went. If you plan to do it and you weren't able to do it because of some type of honest, the Torah considers it as if you did it. That's when it comes to because the Shbaruch is interested more than our actions, that what we want to do, our machshavas. However, when only comes to you and you tell him, you know, I'd really love to give you money, and I, I and you would really do, you really would want to give him money, but you don't give him money because you don't have any money, <clears throat> or you can't afford it right now. But you very much would love to give him staka. So when it comes to ben adam Chavero, <coughs> excuse me, when it comes to ben adam Chavero, we don't say that it's as if you did the mitzvah. The person on the other side. Is, he's happy that you're smiling and you're telling him you'd want to do the mitzvah, but what he really needs is some money. So when it comes to Ben Adam la we say, kilu It's as if you did it. If you planned to do it and wanted to do a mitzvah, it's like you did it. When it comes to Ben la this far we will not go. We will not say that if you wanted to visit someone who was sick, but you were unable to go for whatever reason, we don't say it's as if you visited the person. That's the la l'chavero. There, what's important is the action, not the machshava. When it comes to the rabbanu the ikar is the machshava, or at least the machshava can stand in place of the action when you can't do the action. That's only La l'makams, not la l'chaveros. There's an interesting medrash that Maren Sota actually says "On the mitzvus,' who is the person who's very bright, very, very smart, very bright, and he always was hopping mitzvahs, always, always doing mitzvahs. So the, the, the Gemara says, that's Moshe Rabbeinu. Why Moshe Rabbeinu? <clears throat> it's Moshe Rabbeinu. When, I, when everyone else at Makas Choshech at the, was interested in running around getting uh, gathering money from the Mitzrayim because HaKadosh Baruch Hu told them that they should, uh, should borrow money, whatever that means, to borrow the money, to take out money and leave, So everyone else was running after the money. Moshe Rabbeinu decided that he was going to involve himself in, uh, in finding and uh, uh, excavating the atmos Yosef in order to be able to bring Yosef along with the Jews in the desert and eventually bury the atmos Yosef in Shechem and Eretz Yisrael. <clears throat> So the Satmarov asks the following question. What do you mean? <laughs> Moshe did the mitzvah of taking atzmos Yosef, but the Jews did the mitzvah of gathering the money? They, 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 that, was, uh, that wasn't just because they were interested in wealth. That was because they were interested in fulfilling Hashem's command. It says, by the by, that when uh, the "Daber that you should tell. Yeah, Moshe Baruch asks Moshe Rabbeinu, please tell the Jews that they should leave with money. They should take money from the Mitzrayim. It was a command of the Rabbanu Shalolam. They should. They, they should. Each person should ask the master, the person who used to to to, to work him. They should ask them for the money, and they'll leave. The women should ask the women for their clothing, and the men should ask for the gold and the silver. <clears throat> so, th- what's the difference? The Jews did the mitzvah. Moshe Rabbeinu did the mitzvah. They were all doing mitzvahs that night. So, why is it that Moshe Rabbeinu is considered the one who was chacham levikach mitzvah? So, the Zatnerov explains that the idea is as follows: When it comes to ben Odom lachaveru, and that's the mitzvah of Atzmos Yosef, that was the mitzvah that Moshe was doing towards Yosef to bury him. In uh, in Eretz Yisrael, so there you can't say that if he would have liked to do the mitzvah, it's as if he did it. When it comes to the mitzvah of borrowing the money from the midstream, that was a mitzvah ben adam lamako. So there, Moshe Rabbeinu can say, "I'll think about the money, and I'll accomplish that mitzvah through my machshava alone." But the mitzvah ben adam l'chaver of taking the atzmas yosef, that I actually have to do. So that's what it means, chacham leif, someone whose bride can think ahead. And he'll be more interested in actually performing mitzvahs ben adam and any mitzvah ben adam that comes in his way, he'll think about doing it, and he'll be able to get two mitzvahs. The ben he, actually, he has to actually do, and the ben adam l'makom he's, uh, he's able to do through thinking about and wanting and desiring to do the mitzvah. <clears throat> so this is very very important to understand that there's a difference between ben adam l'makom and ben adam lachaveru. Now, the funny thing is, there's a If You want to take a look? I think it's a ma'haral in Parshas Baaloscha. But the ma'haral writes as follows. He writes, everybody understands that if a person's an onus, a person's an onus, an onus means person, something's out of a person's control. He's unable, unable to perform a mitzvah. Or if something's out of a person's control and he has no choice but to do an aveira, or a person didn't realize he was going to do an aveira. So the ma'haral says very clearly, when it comes to an aveira, a person's an anus, and he app. There was no way for him to know that he was eating treif. The Torah says it's not like it's like you, we don't consider it as if you ate treif. It was an anus, anus rachmana patre. But you can't say that if someone tried to do a mitzvah and something happened and he wasn't able to do it, that it's as if it's as if he did it. That you can't say. An anus is not. It, we can say that an anus, if an anus is able to say that you didn't do something wrong but lemaisa if you didn't do something right you didn't do something right so the mefarshim asked there was a sefer a beautiful sefer written by rav nosen and a big gadol who passed away only a number of years ago and he asked the question what do you mean maharal what, do you, what the, the gemara and Bracha says that even by a mitzvah khosheg adam laso mitzva ben oliva what do you mean it says by a mitzvah too. If you planned to do it and it wasn't an honest so and you didn't do it, we consider it as if you did it. So why would the maral say that it's not, not like you did it? So he's thinking about this question. He answers the following. <clears throat> it's a very interesting discussion. It's a very interesting discussion about the possibility of selling something that we usually we don't think can be sold, or buying something that we would not think can be bought, and that is olam haba. Can a person buy Olam Haba? Okay, someone is strapped for cash. He needs money. And he's collecting. And we actually have this in different shuvahs. The Marasham has this shayla. Machanachayim has this shayla. He's collecting. And he comes to a wise guy. And this wise guy tells him, listen, I'll give you money. I'll give you how much money you need. But on one condition, you give me your Olam Haba. So he's willing, he's willing to give money. He wants to buy his Olam Haba. I, I, don't, I don't just give away money, but I'm willing to buy your Olam Haba. If you sell me your Olam Haba, then I'm going to, I'll, I'll give you the money. This is a big discussion whether such a thing is even possible. Are you able to sell Olam Haba? Or even better, are you able to sell your gehenim? The person has some gehenim. He did some Averas. Tshuva is very difficult. Maybe I can just sell the Averas. The Machanachaim writes, this is bordering on Christianity. He doesn't like this Bechlal terrible thing. To think you can just sell out. Hey, a person has to do tshuva. But Imre Bina, Rav Arabach from about 100 years ago, writes as follows. Something very very interesting, and this is quoted very often in the yeshivas. He says, when a person does a mitzvah, when a person does a mitzvah, there's two parts to the mitzvah. There's two parts, there's two types of reward that one receives from doing a mitzvah. One reward is he calls the schar gemuli. A person does a mitzvah, he keeps the mitzvah sashem, So Hashem will pay you back, will give you schar for keeping the command, for keeping the mitzvah. But then there's something called the schar seguli. Schar seguli is not some type of external reward that we receive for doing mitzvahs. Schar seguli means that the soul of a person is raised, becomes attached to Hashem, becomes more pure, becomes more sensitive to to spirituality, to ruchnias. Well, one does mitzvahs. And the Emir writes, if you want to talk about selling mitzvahs, you can sell the schar gemuli, but you can't sell the schar saguli. Okay, the reward, the external reward that you get, whatever that's going to be, for doing a mitzvah, that you can sell in theory. But the idea that a person's going to be lifted, that his soul's going to be cleansed, that his soul's going to be purified, connected, Nidbak, that is going to be a dibuk that is going to be a question a dvekus by Shem by selling by buying a mitzvah that's not shaykh that's not shaykh he's mechalek between the schar gemuli and the schar seguli so Loharos Nason writes as follows Marav means to say as follows a person thinks about doing a mitzvah and he's unable to do it he, he, it's an onus it's not his it wasn't he wasn't able to get to it. He Missed the bus, it wasn't his fault. There was a the snow, there was the, the car broke, whatever it is. He got sick, couldn't do it. So, the the, the, the ravnos explains in terms of the schar gemuli that there's going to be some type of schar that the person gets because he tried and he was just unable to do it. That's schar he gets, but to say that a person is spiritually uplifted when he doesn't actually do the pulas ha maisa mitzvah, that far we won't go. So, this is back and forth, interesting discussions with regards to the idea of the machshava of doing a mitzvah, the effort of doing a mitzvah. Not so much the actual mitzvah itself, but the effort of doing a mitzvah. Now let's come for a moment now to the Akedah. It's a very interesting. thing. the Meshachach, Rav Simcha Cohen, says something absolutely fantastic. He wants to know as follows. Where does Chaza, Where they have a positive, but how do we know how does Rav Ashi know? How did Chazal know? Where is the source? What's the earliest source? That when a person wants to do a mitzvah, it's as if he did the mitzvah. What's the, where did we find that? Do we find it anywhere in Tanakh, in the Torah? So the Meshech Chochmah says this, and the Satmarov says this. They both say the same thing in different words. they write as follows. It's a very interesting thing. We always pray to Hashem to remember, to thank, to 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 give us brach and hatslacha, especially on the yom norayim, especially on Rosh Hashanah. the akedas Yitzchak, the akedas Yitzchak, so much so that the medrash and the gemara says that by the kisei Akavah, the Kadosh has a little flask, and in that flask is the afer of Yitzchak Avinu. The afer of Yitzchak is the l'far of the ashes. Of Yitzchok Avinu are actually gathered. Hashem gathered the ashes and He placed them next to Him, so you should always have the zikaron of Yitzchok Avinu at the Akedah. The affair is Tzavur Lefanot. Now, this is a very interesting thing. Let's think about this for a second. Hakadosh Baruch Hu tells Avram Avinu Baha leu Shomliola. es es shara es shom hashem And he says, bring him up as an ola. And there's a very funny Rashi that when Avram's about to go and he's about to shach, then he pulls, he's about to shach, to slaughter his son. And then the Malach comes and says, stop, stop, don't do it. Don't do it. So this part of the story that's not mentioned in the Chumash, that the Torah Shabbat Peb fills in, the Chazal fill in. Avram says, no, what do you mean stop? What do you mean, stop? I'm gonna, I have, you told me to shakhtim, I have to shakhtim. Because goes, no, no, no I, I never said to shakhtim. What do you mean, never said to shakhtim? You said to bring him up as an Ola. Yeah, I, I, you said to bring him up, but I never said to shakhtim. So it's like, what are you? Are you playing games with me? You said to bring him up as an Ola. Bring him up as an Ola means to shakhtim. That's what the words mean. So Avram says, okay, at least let me give, at least let me make a little cut. Let me do something. A little paula, a little nick, a little blood. Hashem says nothing. Al don't do anything to him. What's going on in that exchange? Uliola, I never said the, the, the So it was it a trick? Was it a game? A play on words? Besides the fact, Avram Avinu heard the words. So why didn't he perhaps think? Maybe all Hashem wants is Maybe not Shahthiliola. Mesha the said the same thing both said that what happened was is that when Hashem said Halei he really meant Shechtim that's what he meant he meant Shechtim and Avram did the right thing by taking him up to the mountain tying him up and getting ready to Shechtim but the intensity of the desire to fulfill Hashem's will and the machshava that was so deep on the part of Avmavinu that right then and there Avraham Avinu created the cloud of Choshosh Lasos Mitzvah. Hashem said your Machshavah is so powerful. Your desire to do my will is so strong. Your contemplation, your Machshavah, your intention is so intense. You did it already. There's no reason to go further. Choshosh Lassos Mitzvah you don't have to. I don't want you to go first. It's at this point, Avram. It's superfluous. Avram doesn't understand this. How can Machshava take the place of Maysa? So he starts arguing. At least let me make a nick, because Avram thought I need at least a little paula and olam hazeh for this to work, for this to have any impact. I need some Maysa. And Hashem says, No, you don't understand. Machshava is Kamaisa. You did it already. The effort. The desire. I, I don't want... So, the shakhtay, the ha was originally a shakhtay, because at that point, we needed a mice in Olam Hazar. But machshavos of Avmavino, of the became so intense and so strong, it became no longer necessary to do it in Olam Hazar. Hashem says, no, no, no. That's it. You don't have to do more. And now that you don't have to do more, you're not allowed to do more. And therefore, take away the knife, and we're going to conceive it as if... Efer, it's all the fun of. That's the big question. If Hutner asked the question, what do you mean the ashes of Yitzchak are gathered and in front of Hashem? There were no ashes of Yitzchak. It never happened. It never happened. for Yitzchak. What Efer, Yitzchak? In theory, no. The machshava, it's it so strong. It's, it, it's like it happened. It's, Mom, it happened. How could it happen if he's still alive? Okay, that's a good question. It's a stira. Yoshev b'sezer el they said that HaKadosh Baruch Hu lives in the Stira. It's Mamashah. Sesah doesn't just mean hidden. Things are most hidden when there's contradiction in our lives. And we see contradiction. We're like, I can't. That's where Hashem lies. Yoshev B'Seser El yo. So Yitzchak keeps going on. He walks. He lives another 100 and, uh, 143 years. But his ashes are now by the Kisei HaKavod. That's what it means. The Machshavah Kamaisa. Now in our world, after the Torah was given... What we have is we have to do mice and mitzvahs. We don't have the choice to just rely on machshava. But in a situation where we're unable to do the mitzvah, we're incapable of doing the mitzvah, for whatever reason, there's some type of onus, then the cloud kicks in. mitzvah venenas, <laughs> below asor, malo kilu it, it goes back to the arcade That was developed. That was created at the time of the Akedah Yitzchak. the Meshachachma and the Satmarov say the same thing. And that's the very, very important yesod here. And I think, I might be going too far in saying this, but I'll say it anyway. I might be going too far. The same way we could say, the same way we could say, this is uh, coming close. The same way we could say that if a person has no choice, he has no he has no ability to do the mitzvah. Really, no ability. There's an anus. He can't. He can't. But he wants to do the mitzvah. And he tries his best. And there's an honest and he can't do it. The same way the Torah says, "Well, in that case, we're going to consider it as if as if you did it." It could be that it works in the tzad of as well, possibly. You know, there's a tikkus ha tzadik that became very very famous in the last uh, ten years. And the sitka Tzaddik writes <clears throat> in Osmem Gimel, in Sitka Tzaddik, the Siddhartha writes something that I don't know if anybody, I don't know, I, it could be that it does. I don't know if anybody else writes this except by quoting Ripsadik. I don't know if any other of the great Achronim Rishonim, Rishonim write what the sitka Sadik writes. Sometimes a person is in such a Nesayim. Sometimes a person, the sahara is so big. Sometimes the test is so strong. Wow. I'll translate. Sometimes the the the, 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 the test, is so strong the Yetzirah is so big, it's so intense, it's impossible that you won't sin. I was always taught that there's never a situation that you can't beat the Yetzirah. Hashem will never put you in a test that you can't pass. Am I, did, am I wrong? Isn't, isn't, that what, isn't that always what we think? And yet, Reptzadik tells us the most amazing, unbelievable thing. <laughs> it's impossible that you won't sin. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> and you apply onus rachmona patre. Sometimes the Yetzirah is too strong. And that's called an honest, It's not because, not that you're being forced by a gun. You're being forced by your own challenges. And you do the Avera. And there's no way for you to pass this test. So you know what happens? You're not responsible for the Avera. Wow. Rabbi goes on to say, But since it's impossible to know. If a person works a little harder and pushes to the end, then maybe he will be able to pass the test and not do this. Therefore, a person can't judge necessarily whether he's in a situation where the challenge is too big. But that being said, a person should know that there are situations where it's inevitable. It's inevitable. A person can't testify on this about himself. Maybe someone else can tell us. This is out of your control. (laughs) The story of Zimri goes into Zimri. We said before that if a person thinks about doing a mitzvah and there's an onus and he's unable to do it, we consider it as if he did the mitzvah anyway. So let's say you're in a situation where there's an avera and you're going to do the avera. It's, it's too strong. So how 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 do we get to a point where it's an honest rachmanapatre? So the same way we're trying to do a mitzvah, even if we don't do it, the Torah considers it as if we did it. In a situation like Ripsodik is talking about, I think what has to happen is as follows: a person finds himself in a situation where he realizes he's not going to pass this test. His job at that moment is to fight as much as he can, to do everything he can, to do his best, his truly best, his, his hardest, to work his hardest, to try not to do the Aveira. And if a person gets to that point, the same way the Torah considers it as if you did the mitzvah, the Torah considers it as if you didn't do the Aveira. That's a very, very important Yisod, a Yisod Gadol. The effort, the true effort, in Yadus counts so very much. So very much. And the source of this all is in our parsha, Avinu, and the Akadas Yitzchak, that his machshav alone Hashem said, You don't have to touch him anymore. Because your ha was Mamish misha I heard from the frying waxman in Munsi. He explained that it's a maimar chazal that says, that a Kaddish baruch who says to us, well, He doesn't want everything. We don't have to do everything. Pisrli pesach shalmachat. If you open up just the eye of a needle, open up the, if you you create a hole that's the size of a needle, and according to some, if you make a hole like the eye of a needle, then I will open, help you open up the doors that are as big as an ulam. You open up the door a tiny drop, I'll spread it open, it'll be unbelievable you'll be able to get wagons through that door. <clears throat> it's our job to work our hardest, even if it means to open up the door just a tiny drop, whatever whatever area that is. To open up the door just a tiny drop, Rav Waxman explains so beautifully. He says, what does it mean to open up the what, what's it? the eye of a needle? Is, it's nothing. It's it's not even it's not you can't call that a pesach. It's nothing. You can't get anything in there. She said, there's one thing you can get into an eye of a needle. What can you get into an eye of a needle? A thread. If you put one thread and you tie that thread, that thread through that little hole gives you the capacity to sew every shirt, every pair of pants, every tablecloth, eventually in the entire room, in the entire house, in the entire world. We don't know... Even in situations where we think, I can't pass this test. I can't pass this test. We don't know that if we just push a little harder. It's true, we might not be able to pass. I don't know. Rav says there are times when we just can't pass. So what's our job in those situations? Not to give up. To push as hard as we can. We push as hard as we can, then the Torah says, you didn't do it. You push as hard as you can to a mitzvah, you didn't do it, the Torah says, you did it. What's important is the effort that we put in, if we're trying our hardest... If we open up the eye of a needle, we tie around a little thread. We can sew the, we can sew every cloth in the entire world. That's our job during these days. During these days, especially, I don't know about you. I I like the summer and the spring and the fall much more than the winter. <laughs> much more. Although I'm hearing Baruch Hashem, we're gonna have very nice weather over over Shabbos Bezras Hashem. So we're gonna have minion outside the Shabbos. But, uh, but it's, you know, when you get into those cold months, it's a lot more difficult. Our job, a little bit more, the eye of a needle, and a Be'ez Rass Hashem, Baruch Hu, will open up, the doors wide open, and we'll be able to connect to him and be able to have a good year, a good winter, and Amir Hashem, we should be Zoycha, to have health and happiness, and hopefully we'll be able to see each other and spend some time together in person soon. Be'ez Hashem, everyone have a wonderful Shabbos.